Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable this discussion, and we're so very grateful you all could join us today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America, and we welcome you all. So I've, I've decided, since Lawrence reminds me often, we're an inter international church, so I'm going to try to say good morning in various languages. <laughs> So this morning it'll be Guten Morgen. Okay, Morgan. And Zari, you tell me how to say it. Shout it out to us, okay? Okay. Was it all right? Okay. Okay. Well, next week maybe it'll be French and Suzanne can help us out. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll begin today with our morning prayer. Yes, today I'm reading from page 38 of Watches, Prayers, and Arguments, and 68 of the same book. Make supplication to God daily that you may be delivered from all beliefs of sin or of sickness. And after doing this, then turn to and demand of yourself to realize their unreality and recognize your power over the temptation to yield to any such an illusion. I am the child of God. His care and love surround me. Animal magnetism cannot reach me to make me fear or be afraid. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, our watching point. Watch number 280. Watch, rest, you believe that you can live along in a peaceful sense of the reality of good, maintain a high sense of God, and establish this consciousness so that it, it is permanent by my old method. This is anyone said, quote, Jesus spake as one having authority. The mild and pleasant words to a patient will do when it is to quiet fear. But when there is a real clinch with error to destroy it, you must command as one having authority. In miscellaneous writing, Mrs. Eddy tells us that we must stop our lavender kid zeal and become real and consecrated warriors. Students who dodge all conflict with the lie until such conflict is forced upon them, may sometimes trace this reluctance to a fear that in such warfare they may lose God or their metaphysical thought. Yet one must prove his understanding to be stronger than the lying effort of evil to maintain his claims before he can claim to be a real Christian scientist. Students must take what they have learned and demonstrate it with dominion. They must come in contact with the claims of error and come off victorious by proving their ability to maintain their scientific thoughts in spite of all contrary evidence. Then they can rightly claim that the truth has been nailed home through the hammer of tribulation so that that which seemed wrathful to human sense as becoming angels entertained unawares. This is that he says, it, quote, it is not enough to smile and look pleasant when talking to the devil. Speak with authority. Stamp your foot if necessary and command it to come out of him as Jesus did. The smile and pleasantness will be all right when you are out of the flesh, but in the flesh you must strive. Thank you. Comments on that? Well, I was helped to see this week that the stamping of the foot and then the assistant is really just um, conviction. It really just means that, that it's just the saying the truth and speaking to error, the kind of belief of error, that with, with the truth, with conviction absolute conviction that what you're saying 
does have authority. It is the power and presence. And um, so that word conviction came out. Um, it, absolutely. It is conviction. Total faith and understanding of the unreality of whatever you're rebuking. And it's never person. A person might cry out for sympathy and not really want to hear what you have to say, but that's all right. The error will. You command the error. It's always error. And that's the greatest compassion you can have because you're not holding it. You're not holding it to the person. You're seeing it as a spurious belief that's trying to control the person in some way. We'll get into that. This lesson is wonderful. Anyone else with this? I think it's also an offense against God, really. It's saying that if I'm, t if I'm believing in anything, then I'm saying God is not all. So absolutely no. And you, what you say is you stamp your foot if you have to, just like if you're defending a, a little child or something. Yeah. Yes. And Mrs. Eddy has said we must be a terror to error. And she means it. Because error in belief is aggressive. It's aggressive. I've tried to be nice to error, and it eats you alive. <laughs> Be a terror to error. And when you do it and you mean it, error will back down. Now, I found a couple of things. I, I was looking for a certain quote, which I didn't find, but um, found things similar. This is from Collectania, the book Collectania, and this is in the addenda. I have told you that evil has no power, yet I have told you to handle evil as though it, it had power. This is because of your place in growth spiritual. When the allness of God is seen, the nothingness of evil is evident. Hold to that. The quote I was looking for, it said somewhere where a person says to her, can't you just hold on to the fact that God is love? And she said, oh, I wish I could do that. But no. And, and put up thy sword in miscellaneous writings, speak to this. Where we are now, we've got to be a terror to error. And then also this, Mrs. Eddy, students love the explanation of Christian science that God is love, God is good, God is mind, etc. This is the crown of Christian science. But they dislike the cross of Christ, the patient, slow bearing of the cross they shun. They will not handle animal magnetism, all the cross-bearing they leave to me, while they love the crown. Yet this lesson they will learn. And and what is animal magnetism? Believe in the power. Yep, that's a simple definition of it. But it's all of all of that that um, is not of God and would make you feel. That there is a power other than God. And then, too, also Clectania, if you watch me carefully when I'm rebuking you, you will see that I am only voicing to you audibly what the mental mal malpractitioner is arguing to you mentally, and you are asleep. And that's a that's a wonderful quote because that truly that explains what it's like. It's like this voice is over you, hanging over you, and you're listening to it and thinking it's your thought. And that is what has to be rebuked. And whether it's your own thought, which you know, it, it comes to you as your own thought. You can be picking up other thoughts. Um but whatever, it's always, it's nobody's thought. It's always animal magnetism. It never belongs to anybody. But it must be rebuked. You can't be nice to it or it'll keep droning on and on and on until you finally say, I've had enough. I'm not listening to you. And yes, as Karen said, with all the conviction and the authority of Christ. Mild methods don't work. Mrs. Eddy says, you must be a terror to error. I like what Florence said, like you're defending a child. Yeah. yeah that's mm -hmm. Sometimes 
sometimes I think of myself like in court. If somebody were yes. accusing me of murder or something, some awful, boy, I would just be <laughs> putting, talk about putting my foot down and declaring my innocence. Sometimes um, that helps when I think about to what, what it would be like for me to be accused of committing a crime that I knew I was innocent. Yes, I, I, I think of it that way, too. And that's Mrs. Eddy's um, in Science and Health, the trial, where she makes it like a court. And there's something very soul satisfying, too, if you've ever watched a movie and, and you know that maybe someone is being convicted who's innocent or something. And that lawyer comes up and just speaks on their behalf with such conviction, like the, like the movie To Kill a Mockingbird or, or things similar yeah. like that. It's, it's soul-satisfying. And when truth is spoken, it's formidable, but people people feel it, and they, they, <laughs> they might not like it, but they respect it because they know it's true. It comes in with the power of Christ. So <clears throat> thank you all in our... Our topic today, our subject is unreality. And um, Will, you want to read the watching part of Colton text? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So Jasmine in her forum said that, uh, I comprehend there are not two realities, Mortality and immortality. Heaven is right here, now in this moment, within my own being. And the other is is a, it's a universal hypnotism. And this is why it must be rebuked. Why you have to stand guard to your mentality. Anyone else wanted to comment on the golden text? Well, I just wanted to say, I've been thinking about how, you know, once you start down that road in the flesh with medical or whatever, they don't let you go. They just keep you in it. And even if there are no results after decades, they still convince you that they're still the way. So what a, an awful thing that is. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and, you know, and Mrs. Eddie says, man is not material, he is spiritual. That is the key to whole, the whole scientific Christianity. That, that is the whole key to healing, to happiness, to success. And how foolish of us to be tricked into thinking that that's not the case. That somehow there's, you know, life in matter or intelligence in matter. And it's, you know, it's not, a, it's not an insult. It's just for our own, for our own good. I just uh, want to say something about, <clears throat> from that um, Anita... With Jenny, mm -hmm. so I I went online and I uh, I Google her and so you know there was a website and so on. But then in the Wikipedia, they you know she had a healing. She had a wonderful healing. Um, however, the medical <laughs> they had a little snap of a, of what the medical doctor said. Well. She was going to get healed anyways because her her her, her lungs or she had chemo and there's nothing. So they were trying to not make it as it was something that God did that it was a miracle. And I was I, I was like, wow, you know, they still not recognize that it was God, and um, it's very pernicious. It's, it's constant. It, um, I was in the reading room not long ago, and somebody um, was mentioning, because uh, the hospital is nearby and whatever, and, and she says, oh, yeah, I told uh, her husband was, was having some 
cancer diagnosis. And um, she said that the, she had just beginning study Christian Science, and she said to the to the doctor, "Well, you know, I mean, I'm studying Christian Science." And she goes, "Oh yeah, I know about DBT." me to then to fix them and I thought wow what an arrogance you know to diminish what what God is doing I mean because this lady I read her you know it's absolutely amazing she but yet the medical would say oh well, no because yeah and that, that's the aggressiveness of it yes. and Pilar is referring to that book I've mentioned about dying to be me where someone right is ill with cancer, medically diagnosed, she passes on and comes back without it. So, and, and learns that she did not die and that it was uh, not a cancer that killed her, but her false beliefs, her fears, her negativities, her hatred, her resentment, all of those things, carnal mind. Um, and that is what needs to be rooted out and destroyed and in order to be free of those false beliefs. So... So, Florence or someone? Yes, yes. I also think uh, what um, Gary is saying is correct because if you see the sp your spiritual being, then what you've been told all these years has not been right and you won't accept what comes with it. It's a funny um, article. The woman said, we've been standing on our heads for so long. It's about time we recognize that we walk on our feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why to be working with that scientific statement of being a lot, constantly in the morning, throughout the day, before you go to bed, um, is so important because this is defying all that the doctors, all that Materia Medica says, all that the human mind is telling you. It's telling you something else. You are not material, you are spiritual. And because you're spiritual, you are exempt from all these beliefs. Pain, sickness, sin, death. You're exempt. But you have to declare it for yourself enough to where you actually believe it. And when you experience it, you have to give credit where credit is due. And people who are steeped in materialism, whether they're doctors or not doctors, are going to try to justify their position. So don't be surprised. And that is the cross that we have to bear. Materialists will, you know, do whatever they can to justify their position and denigrate, if they could, Christian science healing. Yeah, if mortal mind could be better, it would be better. Yeah, mortal mind is ignorant of spiritual things. It also is ignorant of itself. <laughs> so we the level sorry. Yeah, so we can we can pity those who are still steeped in materialism. I make sure, you know, that we understand it's usually in ourselves, because when we see it in others, it's in ourselves. It's a constant process of um, purifying our own thought. Uh, in, in one of the articles on the website called Our Problem, it said, um, I hear some say it is impossible for me to understand the unre unreality of discord, which meets me on every side. It's not that it's not that just the time to pray is not that just the time to pray. Lord, open my blind eyes. Then if you will turn to the little book, you will find that the scales will fall from your eyes and you will see the vast army of ministering angels and love will deliver you. No matter what the pressure, if the heart is honest, you will find in that precious book the open road to freedom and rest. The little book, of course, is science and health. This is our guard and our guide. And then it is easy to see material things. Disease and error seem very real to us, looking at them from a material standpoint. But when the inner sight is cleared, we look from another standpoint and are sure to find that material sense has given false testimony. And what seemed real before has proven to have no real basis. 
Even with a faint perception of Christian science, we can remove mountains of discord and with every victory over self and sense, we'll be able to comprehend more and more its depth and beauty. So this is the importance. And this is why, you know, it's very odd to me that we find, you know, people who call themselves scientists who have never even studied or read the textbook, much less prose works. You, you, you have to. You've got to take it in. What does the lesson say? What it, Jesus said, let these sayings sink down into your ears. He said that to his disciples. This is not some superficial thing we're dealing with here. You've got to really embrace it and work with it. There's a, a beautiful story that see, it was in the something that um, Carrie sent, if I can find it now. Oh, yeah, it's called Following the Pattern. It says, an understanding of tape, tapestry, making, tapestry making furnishes a good lesson. The pattern hangs above the heads of the weavers. They study and watch it closely while their hands guide the shuttle and control the warp and woof. It is an interesting fact in connection with this work that the weaver cannot at any time see the right side of the tapestry until it is completed. He can only weave and wait. He knows, however, that by studying the perfect pattern which hangs above him and by applying the rules he has learned, he will give to his employer an exquisite handiwork when the web is loosed and the right side is turned toward the, towards the light. In making our demonstrations in Christian science, the physical senses present the wrong side of things, and we seem to be working on that side. However, by holding steadfastly to the teachings of science and health and working with understanding of the Christ idea, which is the perfect pattern, that perfect pattern will be manifested, and we shall hear the still small voice whisper, Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make the ruler over many. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> that idea. Uh, we can only weave and wait for yes. <laughs> to see how it comes together because it always does come together. It always does come together. It sure does. I also think the love for God and man is coming to me very clearly now. How or why she said love for God and man is the as the basis of thought and demonstration. I think if we love God, like um, I look at Christ Jesus' example all the time, um, it just shows you you can wait then um, because of that love that you have for God and for mankind. Thank, Thank you. you, Florence, because I think what you just said is the model. That is the model. Until we get love for God and man, we're not following the perfect model. Thank you. Love is a liberator. You can, you can go and do all kinds of things, read, accomplish a lot of things, but if you ha don't have that love in your heart, it's a tinkling brass, sounding cymbal, nothing will work. It, it is always love. And you won't, you won't continue in this work. You will keep flopping down um, if, unless it's love that guides you. If you're doing it because you're afraid of God or you're doing it because you just want to have a healing or you, many motives that are not good motives, you will flop. You, you won't be consistent. You can do it maybe for a few weeks, but then it'll slip from your grasp. You've got to have the love for God, for the science. And how do you get it? I found here it's a, it's a greater love than I knew before. It's love of trust. There's some element of trust in God even after <clears throat> loving both. And then things do come true. You, you see them clearly. You do. And, and this is where... The patience comes. And what if you have that love, you have patience. I've been reading some things recently. I didn't write them down, but they were about nature and about how patient nature is. 
It just waits. You know, we're seeing now as we transition from winter to spring. It'll all come. Flowers are coming. But you can't force it, can you? No. No. It's total waiting and patience and unfoldment, which is a great degree the trust in God that it will happen. Be it slow or fast, up to thee. So nature has many lessons to teach us. That's why so many people love the beauty of nature. Another thing that uh, Carrie sent, image versus idol, says the materialists may find it easy and even, even exhilarating to coast downhill, careless of the steep return to his father's house at nightfall. But he never knows of that boundless freedom of spirit's image revealed in Christian science, which recognizes no ascents nor descents, but remains forever constant while reflecting mind's activity. The divine image possesses dominion because it reflects spiritually the qualities of spirit of principle, its original omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. So remember that when you're having your descent into materiality, you're going to have to crawl, crawl up that wall again. It's going to have to crawl out of that hole. They're really worth it. They're really worth having your temper tantrum or doing what you want to do or indulging in the senses or whatever it is you think. And then have crawling back out of that hole. Each time it gets harder. Don't go there in the first place. Stay in the Father's house where all is well. All right, the responsive reading. At first, who have bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? That word bewitch, it's to fascinate, to gain an ascending ascendancy over, to please in such a way as to take away the power of resistance. Who, who has bewitched you so you no longer have this resistance over it? It's a be, bewitching, right? <laughs> Jesus tried to be which couldn't. Yes. <clears throat> yep. That's why, you know, Florence's readings on temptation were wonderful. We've had weekly lessons on that too. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivers us from sin, disease, and death. Didn't we have a calendar statement on that recently? It's easy to resist the devil that comes at you with a frown. Yeah. <laughs> and vile. But beware the devil that comes to you with a smile. Yes. Mm -hmm. There are many, you know, instances people can stand up to it, but then something comes and they just don't want to anymore. It's, it's, it's a bewitch, bewitching. So, Keep asking yourself, is it, is it worth this leaving your father's house for whatever you think this thing that's bewitching you wants you to do? It does seem often you hear or even been through situations where you think, oh, he or she, they were so nice. Or <laughs> it seemed like thing to do, that kind of thing. So yeah. Much that. Yeah. That's why, especially, well, I guess it's always been true, but try the spirits. So much going on now, so much deceitfulness, so much polarization. Everybody thinking this, that, or the next thing, and, and division. Stay in the Father's house. Love more. Read Taking Offense often. <laughs> don't, don't become offended. I'm always asking myself if I start to feel that way. Um, Mrs. Eddy says, nothing can offend the whole-souled woman. 
unless the offense be to God. God. Mm -hmm. Then you step into action. I like that. Mrs. Eddie says in, at the end in First John, when she does it, purify thyself even as that pure. And in the, because uh, the pure thought can't, is not tempted. Thank you. To, to do a little bit of something that's not right. Thank you. I know. That's so true. That's why, that's why, again, let these sayings sink into your ears, the Ten Commandments. What did Mrs. Eddy say about Calvin Fry? Didn't break one commandment. Yeah, that's why he that's could why serve her. She trusted him. And they're all important, but certainly the first one is the all-embracing most important. But those must be within you, the Sermon on the Mount. If you have those in you, they sink into your ears. You won't be tempted. A red flag will go up. You'll say, I don't, that, that's something I do not want to do. Then you will know what spirit you're made of. You will know, yes. Mm -hmm. Your spiritual sense working. This is why Mrs. Eddie says, do not be glamoured. It's the same as the bewitched uh, Israel. Yes. So, Linda, you want to speak to the next in the responsive reading? Yes. Yeah. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And I, <clears throat> last week, um, this week, I was, we had tabernacle or temple also this week. And I got the definition from Webster's, which was a place in which the divine presence especially resides, a place of worship, a sacred place, God's gracious presence. And uh, then I love in the lesson toward the end, Thessalonians, it says, quote, walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory, end quote. And uh, just... Just, you know, you'd say don't leave the Father's house and always to acknowledge God's presence. And it just it gave me a new, deeper sense of how important it is not to let the garbage that we let in. We don't want to poison it. I mean, it, 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 you would never want to dirty your home. And I was just picturing that. Why, you know, why do we put all the allow stuff in our thinking that we do that, that would... That's great. It would, and it would, it would keep us out of the Father's house because you can't, you eject yourself when you start in with all that. And that's why I'd be very careful. Um, our watch last night, you know, about, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Have these mm -hmm. times of, uh, many times just talking with the Father. He'll tell you what you need to know. He'll, he'll tell you what you need to know about world events and everything else. But you have to be quiet and stay in that house. Um, focus on reality. Focus on reality. And I was on the uh, carousel last week. It was, it was beautiful. Kenrick had reminded me of it. Letter to a student by Bigdal Young. You can well afford to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And it is the only real dwelling. And it is more than sufficient. And is gloriously comfortable and beautiful. But that comfort is not the comfort of inertia. It is ceaseless divine activity. That's beautiful. That's so true. We can't just go to sleep there. We're working all the more. And we're wanting everyone to come into the Father's house. And in truth, everyone is in the Father's house. We have to see them there. We have to have enough love to know that to be true. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. It has expandable walls. <laughs> There's room for all his people. <laughs> it's so beautiful to think of it. So it's not an exclusive place. It's a very inclusive place. All are welcome. But it requires this willingness to do this work and to take up the cross, as Mrs. Eddy says, and rebuke the error. Because you can't come in with the error. If the error comes in, you've got to rebuke it and get rid of it so and then I love what um, I guess it's Pat Patricia 
she wrote about the mist coming up in Genesis and using the Cambridge English Dictionary, the act of putting someone into a mental state like sleep in which their thought can be easily influenced by someone else. Mm -hmm. This is where the whole thing started. The mist. The mist coming up. And so... And it, and it comes up from the earth. It doesn't come down from heaven. <laughs> so consider the source. Yes, that's right. And then back into the responsive reading too. Um, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. And what were you telling me, Jeremy, about Olivia? Oh, um, his daughter. Yeah, just how how much is out there about um, so many different things you know, on YouTube, and she has followed a lot of people over the years, and she showed me ever since she was like eleven or something. Um, she's twenty five now, but um, you know, some of the people seem kind of funny and silly, but she has since found so many of them are, or practically all of them, are like reprehensible people <laughs> and really been dismayed about that you know rightfully so people are out there you know and I don't know so it, it's a good lesson for her to be careful yeah these are the cunningly devised fables and this is why we have to protect our children what what also were you the one telling me about what what China um, oh yeah uh, TikTok um, TikTok is a Chinese-owned company, and what they show in in the United States and Europe is really geared towards, uh, you know, foolishness, promiscuity, stuff like that. While in China, they really focus on engineering and science and keeping their people, you know, like productive and motivated. <laughs> so it's very interesting. It shows very clearly what what their goal is. Yes, this is why you watch your children. There's this addiction yep. to these things to watch. And I mean, it's, it's sometimes very easy because some of them are can be interesting, but um, they, they're after our children to brainwash them with these cunningly devised fables. And they are fables, lies about our nation, the United States, to get them anti uh, the United States or or other things um, divide people divide people yes and it's it's cunningly devised fables and it's on both sides everywhere all you everywhere you look and the worst I think is when you put those TikTok things about those challenges and kids die because. They follow up, but uh, I know my uh, my grandkids. That it's like they're born with a computer in their hands. Yes, it's, it's, it's I mean it's amazing how they maneuver so quickly. And uh, I told my daughter, I said that you need to watch it because, and I think she has the parental um, restrictions. Guard, it's a guard, yeah. Yeah. So because I got really concerned at the beginning because. Some of the stuff in there, they even promote like all the the uh, what they had those the detergents that they would oh, swallow right, right. Yes. Oh, yeah, the yes, yes, and uh, or put the uh, bag over your your head, and I mean, and they die. They have mm -hmm. died. Yeah, that's yeah. really concerning. It's, it's most concerning. It is most concerning. And again, to me, how how stupid can we be? How stupid can we be? And you do see parents rising up, rebelling against mm -hmm. this, and then trying to keep parents out of the yeah. education of their children. Yeah. You have no say. We're going to tell them what they what they should do. Well, the hell you well, say? We Excuse me. We would see. Yes. <laughs> but this is this is the fight. Can't be nice because is this nice? This is aggressive. We're going to sit back and say, "Oh no, it's not going to happen. God is love. Everything's good." No, no, no. <laughs> We have to do, and you train them up, and so they will be repelled by this. They will not want it. Someone, it was some guy on the news was saying, because 
he was just investigating some of this. He was saying this TikTok person has 40 million followers and and she does things like tell you what kind of lipstick to wear or something. I mean, what? I mean, really, that so many people can get into this. Now, let them know they will be addicted to the truth, (laughs) to the good sites, to what God is telling them. That's the true attraction. And this is why we work and we watch constantly to to neutralize this adverse. What they call them, influencers, right? Influencers. Influencers, yes. All right, go ahead. The Bible says that uh, watch out for drunkenness. Go for silver mine. And, and all these things, including video games, they they make them drunken, where they they're not even thinking about current in their environment, but something the wholly different world. Yes, yeah. They, just, they need to be careful. It's useless, wasteful, waste of time. They become violent. I have seen that on my grandkids. Um, they do what is it, rock block or one of the other games. And I have seen this little one getting so angry, grabs it and throws the thing on, on the floor. And uh, really scare me because he's not like that, usually. But the game was so, you know, because he was losing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they make it so that it happens and they become very, very angry. Yes. So, well, a word to the wise should be sufficient. And that's why our Sunday school is so important. Yeah. And, and the distance to, the, to them coming to the Sunday school. Uh, and tell them, Nancy, about the soccer on Sunday. Oh, uh, well, I'm very blessed that someone comes to pick me up to bring me to church. And the place that I meet them is a uh, field house. And it's packed. Packed. There's not a parking place sometimes to be found in the morning early i mean this is before eight o'clock sunday morning still, still. sunday morning right there's always a reason not to come to church not to come to sunday school always a reason every reason and in case you're wondering we all have the same reasons too we, <laughs> we, we do <laughs> we do we do this is partly what our training was you you came hell or high water um, no excuses, Zippo, no excuses, because that's how it starts. And it's not so much, well, church, you know, some people say, oh, well, I find church, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual, I want to take a walk in the mountains, that's that's where I get my spirituality. Well, you know. How does that work out for you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a real pin, a real, and this is, this is why this science is taken so superficially. Nobody wants you. You've got to make up your mind. This is it. I, I'm going to set my face like a flint and not go anywhere else till I, till I. The others like New Age and uh, Faith Church, they're walking in the woods and not having to have any Thank challenges. You. Well, if they're getting away, it's, it's like what Florence said about loving God and man, how much of loving God and man are you doing out there alone (laughs) and and we've learned here you're not coming originally you come to get but then you come to give it's a love you come to give and when you know you come to give you cannot miss it because you have something you have to give even if it's just sitting quietly in your home praying for the service that's that's an attraction you have you have to do it something to do and you will be so blessed by it and you will find the rest of your day and the rest of your week will what well in their yes be blessed. yep george uh, yeah this is george i was thinking about uh you know because i do think you know god does reveal himself in nature but uh, Suzanne just said, you know, unless we know God, we really can't know uh, the beauty of creation and its maker. But I, I, the thing with churches, in, in Hebrews, it talks about do not forsake, assemble yourselves together, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I, and I think the, the, one of the key things about gathering is is just the whole issue of accountability. You know, it's really easy when we're just off 
by ourselves with no Christian human interaction to just be deceived by sin and and go along our merry way and not have anybody call us out. Hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you so much. Right. Very true. Our accountability being here. Um and loving the brethren. I mean, you can, this is Eddie talks about royal solitude. You can stay in your room all by yourself and feel very holy, but the minute you get with someone else, pow, boom, <laughs> and we've seen that. So can you, can you get along with your fellow brother or not? Um, it's very important that we stay together and learn lessons together. Uh, we wouldn't have it if it weren't. Now, I do want to get into this part. Um, it's so beautiful. In, in from Romans, all right, Romans. So, um, and I would like to just say that Mrs. Eddy, when she started her church, she said in the manual to organize a church designed to commemorate the word and works of our master, which should reinstate primitive Christianity and its lost element of healing. That's a very important statement to know about why she established churches. Primitive Christianity and, and its ability to heal, all right? That's the basis of this church. Where have we gone? Keep that in mind. The only other time I've heard it expressed this way, it's very interesting. It's a story of the pilgrims, and it was William Bradford who said he had to leave his native land because they had an organized religion that everyone had to, to go to. And he wanted to go and learn primitive Christianity, he wanted a place where he could do that. And so the trials, the coming across that they endured to come to establish a place where they could have primitive Christianity and worship as they wanted to, not as the government tells them to. It's hugely important. I mean, I hear it from our dear friends now in Sweden who have become members. They organize churches there. Then how they, you either do that or you don't do anything. This is why we must maintain our freedom and we must fight back when it's trying to be taken from us. All right, so this beautiful, um, it, it tells us um, in Romans how uh, things turn sour. And because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise because they think they're too smart for their britches. They became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Now, this is what this goes hand in hand with our Bible study, the seven churches of Revelation. It it just shows you exactly the creeping things that took over the church from the pure primitive Christianity of, of Christ Jesus that we see in the beautiful chosen to this worshiping man, man. And it's interesting, too, because in Eustace, who was such a clear thinker, he says, um, this period is the period of the dragon. And the dragon is not met and overcome in the realm of argument, but purely in the realm of realization, consecration, and the understanding that evil today produces its chaos of every kind by the illusionary mesmerism that man is God. Discern this clearly and dwell forever in the consciousness that the source of all good is God, never man and there abide. This is a secular world. They turn to man for the answers. And when our government turns to man for the answers, we're in deep trouble. We've got to turn it around, swing it back. 
Oh my, I have so many more things to go over. But one, go one ahead, please, Craig. How persistent the same lie from Romans proceeded through to Revelation. And and we have to be at least as persistent, you know, because it's, it's going to keep running and running and running until it finally says this is worthless and then <laughs> run away. Yeah. And, and this is the only reason there's all this shaking going on everywhere to get people to wake up and realize the answers are not in man. I mean, look at it. What a mess. It's only in, in, in God and his truth. And the science, the Christian science, is the complete teaching. Other things are fragmentary. They have truth to them. But science is a complete teaching. Stay in the Father's house and be a terror to error. Okay, we're going to have a beautiful testimony to end on that Carrie sent us. Yes, this is a testimony from the 1893 Christian Science Journal. In truth, there is but one spirit, even Christ the Lord. It is needless for me to tell of the many cures which I have wrought through Christian science. Science and health is my teacher. I was a member of the Church of Christ in good standing. I thought I was right because they took the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but, and nothing but the Bible for their guide. When I heard of Christian science, I was stiff-necked and uncircumcised of heart until Christ the Lord of glory showed to me, as he did to the doubting Thomas, that he was the Prince of life and the resurrection. My wife was sick and dying. She was past speaking and fast passing away. She motioned to me that she wanted air. I carried her in my arms to the rocking chair, placing it where she could get a draft of air, then sent for help. I do not know why, but I sent for a Christian scientist. When he got there, she was unconscious. Her eyes seemed to be set. She was quite helpless. The scientist held her in silent thought for about 10 minutes when she opened her eyes and said, I am all right. She arose and went into the dining room and ate breakfast. And she has been well ever since. This was two years ago. She was healed through Christ. And there were two cleansed instead of only one. For whereas I was blind, now I see. Before I had the form of godliness, but, but denied the power thereof. We both turned and gave God thanks for his blessings. His blessing was upon us, for his mercy endureth forever. I write this for the edification of others who are looking to Christ for healing. Though I am poor in this world's goods, yet I am rich in Christ. Right that others may know that there is proof of Christian science. I am not ashamed of the work, for it is truth. He that thinks he is wise, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. End quote. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.